Hello, my friend, and welcome to my show. Today we discuss about digital marketing data, how you can get high results, traffic, sales, and a lot of about that. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Benjamin Kepner. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Check out your profile experience. You have uh, a lot of skills that I want to get, you know, and I'm so excited to learn more about data because, because I know that data is very important today. You know, like the era of lazy marketers is that today you can go ahead without right data, without creating a buying persona. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about data. Sure. Uh, my name is Benjamin Kepner. I'm the CEO and founder of Global Social Media Market. Marketing. We're a marketing and education technology training company headquartered in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my experience uh, runs the gamut of everything digital marketing from SEO, public relations, social media marketing, uh, email marketing, marketing automation. The list kind of goes on and on. Um, and I've been in the digital marketing profession now for over 11 years. I'm also very highly involved in teaching digital marketing in higher education and online. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell, um, according to your experience, where uh, marketers need to start today? For example, if they don't know what to do, uh, they're blind, you know, uh, because we have many different directions. Sometimes uh, they might confuse more than help. Can you tell uh, where to start, for example, if we launch a new product and we need to get traffic and results? Uh, what will you do in the first stage? Yeah, I think every uh, good digital marketer needs to have some experience with a website. Uh, website is definitely a really big extension of your brand online. And I like to think of your website as a 24 hour salesman that never sleeps. Uh, mm -hmm. So getting experience with the website uh, is definitely a good idea. Um, I have most experience using WordPress because more than 70% of websites today are built on WordPress. Um, another thing I would say is, is if you're trying to drive traffic and results to your website to generate more leads and sales, then you're definitely going to want to look into SEM or search engine marketing. Um, I have personally have my uh, best results uh, from those channels specifically. Why? Because people are going to search engines such as Google to search for solutions to their problems or to find products that have benefits for their needs. Uh, so running some SEM campaigns is a great place to start as a digital marketer to drive results in the form of sales and leads. And then I would say after you've kind of mastered the website and SEM, uh, social media marketing uh, is also another really good place to start as a digital marketer. Uh, there are tons of social media channels. There are hundreds of them out there. I would say focus on one to three in the beginning and own those. And as time goes on, expand to other ones. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell how to find these uh, two free channels in the beginning? You know, because <laughs> we have a lot of channels, a lot of them. And you mentioned that you have experience with SEO, uh, PR, many other stuff. Can you tell how to find these free two channels, two free channels? Yeah, so free channel social media is a great place for that. Uh, Facebook and YouTube uh, are two places that are free. They don't cost anything. Um, another idea, if you want a third option, is Google My Business. Um, it's a really good free channel to uh, put your business on Google and top of Google search results for no cost. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, can you tell how to find the right data? Because uh, I often see when webmasters just use uh, the average data from online studies or some uh, well-known tools, uh, chasing high-volume keywords, uh, but it's hard to achieve results uh, if you don't provide deep learning before that. Can you tell how to find the right data and create a buying persona? Yeah, I think, uh, again, your website is a great place uh, for data. Um, the website is one of the only marketing uh, channels that you actually own, right? You don't own uh, Facebook or YouTube or any of these other social media platforms. So use the data that's available on your website because you own that data. Uh, secondly, if you have a database, uh, if you have a list of customers, uh, if you have a spreadsheet, wherever you're storing your customer information, uh, that is data that you own as well, or we refer to that as first party data. Um, that's another great place to start. And hopefully that information should be correct based on the operations of your business. Uh, you should be having someone that is making sure that your customer information is correct, um, accuracy, if they need to update things. Uh, some of that does require data entry, uh, but there are people that do that in major enterprises where that's all they do is confirm that uh, their customer information is correct and that the data in their database is correct. Outside of that, there are tons of other uh, third-party data sources or other applications that you can use. Some tools that I like to use, you mentioned keywords. I like to use Google Ads Keyword Planner for keyword research. I also like to use vidIQ Pro. I think those are pretty credible sources because millions of advertisers are using those today. Um, other things uh, like Google Analytics, it's a free tool. It's pretty much the industry standard in digital marketing that Everybody I work with uses Google Analytics, so I'd also recommend looking into theirs. And then there are tons of data companies out there which you can go research on your own terms and buy data from them directly if needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, but on Google Analytics, we can't find uh, the right keywords. It's just to analyze our traffic and you know, all some uh, users' behavior, many other stuff. Uh, if you unite with uh, Google Search Console, we can get uh, keyword as well. Can you tell uh, how to uh, create the right strategy? Because, you know, uh, when uh, webmasters jump on uh, in the new field, they usually uh, open SEMrush, HRS, or uh, you mentioned about Google Keyword Planner, many, many other tools, they usually see high volume keywords and they can feel, oh, I can get a lot of traffic, you know, but it's not the case that we have competition. Uh, volume is not related to traffic. It depends on CTR, many other stuff. How to create the right strategy considering competition limited budget uh, from your experience? Yeah, I think uh, you have to focus on uh, the channels that are going to produce the best results. So as I mentioned, for me personally, website and SEM have uh, performed the best. Uh, when you talk about you know what keywords and your budget and these types of things, you do need to do your research. So again, using some of these tools to understand how many people are searching potentially for a given keyword in a month, what is your forecasted cost per click? You can start to set a foundational forecasting. Um, smart marketers will forecast with their budget how many clicks, conversions, sales they expect to get, and then work backwards from that. You should also do competitor research. You should see what people are spending in your marketplace. Um, there are uh, tools available out there that let you know what uh, potential advertisers might be spending on social media or on Google ads in a given month, and you can use those also as benchmarks. Um, final thing I would say is that as you run marketing campaigns, you should always be collecting data and that data should be improving over time. Hopefully it's not getting more expensive. 
uh, overall, the industry is definitely getting more expensive with advertising costs. But hopefully, if you've been running campaigns for over months of time, those campaigns should be uh, becoming optimized, performing better as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so valuable. Uh, can you tell, uh, for example, if I have limited resources and I need to choose paid or organic reach, what would you choose if, with limited resources for a new product? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I have limited resources, organic is free. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'd always start with organic, uh, having just some basic content, claiming profiles, um, giving people the ability to find you online organically. Um, it doesn't cost you anything but your time. Uh, if you are having a massive product launch, if you're, let's say, like a billion-dollar e-commerce company, then I would probably advise for enterprise companies to go down the paid route because the organic strategy is a long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have the resources, then you should definitely focus on paid. So to answer your question, limited resources, start organic. If you have multiple resources, start paid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, can you tell about uh, how to analyze competitors today? Um, uh, let me clarify why uh, I want to know about that, because I see when uh, webmasters usually use SEMrush or HRS, any other recognizable tools, they just uh, search for their competitors and uh, see the way how they get traffic, you know, but, uh, you know, competitors usually get traffic with uh, their strong sites. It doesn't mean that it's your strong site. Can you tell how to find uh, some uh, untaped opportunities today when competitors uh, have weak site and uh, considering your unique selling proposition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for competitors, uh, again, you can use search engines as a good place to start up what's publicly available. Um, as simple as looking at, you know, what comes up for the competitor on the first, you know, two or three pages of Google, then clicking through some of those properties, right? Um, it's funny, I see some companies that don't even have any of their social media channels on the first page. Uh, some people's websites are not on the first page. Those are all really good indicators that they're struggling in those platforms if they're not on the first page. It means that they're potentially not posting office and on social media. They don't have a big enough fan base to come up on the first page. Same thing with their website. Maybe they don't have enough blog posts. Maybe they don't have enough content. Maybe they haven't taken the time to optimize their website. These would all be reasons as to why those channels would not be found on the first page of search results. So I think starting there uh, is always a great place to start with competitor research. From there, there's a number of different other ways you can think about competitor research. You mentioned things like um, search engine marketing tools like SEMrush or Google Ads Keyword Planner. That's another good way. Uh, really simple ideas. You could go to Google Ads Keyword Planner. You could type in your competitor's name and you could see how many people are even searching for that competitor name on a given monthly basis. That can give you a kind of a benchmark for how many people are searching for them organically or potentially paid and give you an idea of how much traffic they might be getting to the website just from organic search. Um, other things you can do is you can join like groups. Um, there are tons of Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. You can kind of see if your competitors are in those once you get into those groups. Um, as soon as you join a group, you have access to all the members in that group. Uh, so that's another opportunity to kind of see, are your competitors members? Are they in those groups? Are they communicating? Um, just a couple of ideas for you on how to do competitor research there.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. And you know, you mentioned about social media profiles. Uh, uh, when websites ignore uh, submitting them in the first page uh, or any pages, I usually submit them in the bottom uh, on at any websites that I handle because uh, uh, 75% of users check out social media profiles before buying any product. So they are looking for discounts, uh, anything else. Uh, they need social proof. If you don't provide social proof, uh, by the way, Google has the algorithm EAT, uh, Expertise Authority Trust, and trust is very important. If you have no social media profiles, uh, customers can think uh, how uh, is credible you, uh, do they need to buy from you, probably, uh, it can be online fraud, so it depends. Yeah, I agree with you about social media profiles. Can you tell more about consistency? Uh, how to grow your audience on social media? For example, if I want to handle some social media channels, I want to get traffic, I want to create brand awareness. Uh, how to handle them? Because uh, many marketers proclaim you need to be consistent uh, to create high quality content, to engage with the audience from your experience, how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that um, good brands should focus on creating quality content and not quantity. Um, although consumers are accessing their social media platforms on a daily basis, it's also not sustainable uh, mm-hmm. for most brands to post out high quality content every day. Now, if you're a big company like Coca-Cola, sure. But if you're a small business with one to three people, um, maybe it's not realistic. So I would say focus on quality over quantity. Uh, being consistent, uh, nice ways to do that is just doing a content calendar. Um, we would refer to this as time blocking, where you spend a specific day just on creating as much content and then scheduling that content out so that you're not stressed out every day or every week on creating new content. You actually schedule time in the month to just focus on creating content. And then you leave the rest of the month to schedule that content or edit that content or have live experiences mixed in. Uh, so I, I definitely would say use a content calendar when you can plan your content in advance, spend uh, time blocking on like a day or two to just produce um, massive amounts of content. And then you'll have kind of content to be consistent. The last thing I would say is you should always be paying attention to what your audience is engaging with, whether they're commenting or liking on your post, or maybe they're talking about something that's going on that's not related to your brand. Um, you could find that information either by looking at their profiles, looking at the the hashtags that they're using, and trying to engage in those conversations. So actually taking time to not just produce your own content, but taking time to produce content that is engaging with their content. Um, that way, that'll be a more authentic connection and lead to increased engagement and followers in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I want to ask uh, the broad question about creating high quality content because you mentioned a few times create high quality content. Can you tell how to create this high quality content and how I can measure the quality of this content because it's subjective, you know, quality or not? Yeah, I think a lot of people look at quality content as content that's being highly engaged with, uh, but that's not necessarily true. Like, for example, the podcast that we're doing right now. I'm not sure if millions of people are going to hear this podcast, but I would consider this high quality content because it's, it's, it's long form content, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's content Mm -hmm. that you actually are taking. We're already 15 minutes into the podcast. It's not something you just slap together in 30 seconds. Um, You may have come in prepared to this also with some prepared questions. You took the time to recruit someone that you felt was an expert in the field so that you could provide value in this podcast outside of just asking anyone. So I think there are different ways to think about high quality, right? Length of content, uh, expertise of the people in the content, if they're either 
experts and knowledge or they're celebrities or they're famous. And then I think the third thing is thinking about um, who is that who is that that quality content intended for if we're if we're reaching an audience of marketing people and trying to get into the marketing profession then probably this podcast is a quality piece of content because it's targeted for the right audience mm -hmm. yeah love it yeah totally uh i think uh, you know i often see when the masters are looking for the price to create content you know it's not good decision you know because uh experts know uh, uh they can estimate their time you know they can charge uh the honest price because of their experience and it's better to search for experience in the first stage because uh, when you hire copywriters who write about everything i'm not sure that you can get any results by the way i did it uh, like 10 years ago when i started my online journey uh, i had uh, a team of copywriters i had by the way and they wrote about everything google ranked my website you know I, we got a lot of sales but for some time uh, that was decreased so yeah we changed our approaches and today uh, when we hire any specialist we usually uh, search for specialists who know the topic can you tell uh, how uh, to find responsible copywriters for example if some brands uh, companies have no experience with that because um, I, I often uh, cooperate with big companies that uh, sell a lot and when I tell them you need to create high quality content and they reply to me you know I need to develop innovate my products I have no time with that I, I have no experience with that can you help me with that how to hire uh, responsible copywriters for example for specific topics let's imagine weight loss supplements how to find them Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, number one, LinkedIn is always a great place. I mean, that's how you found me. Uh, so I think that's uh, an example in itself, right? I wouldn't be on this podcast if it wasn't for LinkedIn. So uh, LinkedIn is a great place to start. It is the largest business professional network. You can literally type in copywriter. You can type in copywriting skills. Um, there are lots of advanced features to filter not only by title, but by skill sets. Uh, colleges that might also be uh, infamous for copywriting professionals, things like that. There's also LinkedIn groups. So there are tons of resources on LinkedIn. Um, outside of that, if you're, if you're looking at like short-term projects, freelance projects, uh, creative projects, I would kind of consider a copywriter, for example, to fall into those types of categories. Uh, Fiverr.com uh, has been a platform that I've used for a really long time in my career to use uh, professional copywriters or freelance professionals. And then the last thing I would say is that uh, indeed.com has been great for my company, hiring employees and contractors. Um, I think it's just that people know indeed.com and there are high quality jobs that are being posted on indeed.com. So those mm -hmm. would be my three recommendations for places to go find experts on specific topics. Mm -hmm. Nice. Can you tell more about Fiverr? How to find responsible copywriters on Fiverr? Because uh, I, I don't want to tell that uh, we have only poor quality job there, you know, but we, we have some of them uh, who can provide uh, and create high quality content. Can you tell how to find responsible copywriters? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for Fiverr for spe specifically, you want to look at a uh, number of reviews. So you mm -hmm. want to see how many reviews has the Fiverr professional garnered. Um, generally, when I'm looking for a Fiverr expert in a specific topic, they're going to have thousands of reviews. Um, so lots of reviews. Hopefully also those reviews are going to be good, I would say is the second thing, right? You don't want a bunch of bad reviews. You want like a majority of them to be good. You want to take time to, to actually read some of those reviews so you understand the types of projects they did, um, how they worked with the client, things like that. I think the third thing is looking at the price. 
the price should be based on, I think a number of factors should be based on what is the average range for their profession in the given industry, but then also, you know, where, what should they be paid based on their numbers of years of experience, their educational background, and their overall reviews on fiber. Um, and then the last thing I think is just making sure that the profile looks solid. Is the profile all filled out? Does it have information about their background? Does it have their first and last name? Does it have examples of their uh, prior work that they've done? Do they have a website uh, that they can access so that they seem more credible? And please, they need to have a picture. If they don't have a picture, uh, you don't know that that's a spam or you don't know if that's a real person. Honestly, I know a lot of people don't have pictures on their profiles online, but adding that is a really good place to just also add some humanizing aspect to a profile. Yeah, exactly. It's not only about your profiles, even on your website, you know, if you want to increase trust. So what you can do just to add pictures, your personal photos uh, on the page about us, uh, other pages, because uh, it can help to increase the trust. You know, uh, when customers check out your profile, they want to get distressed and uh, they're not interested to cooperate with brands. They want to cooperate with people human being so yeah it's very important to because you know uh i remember when um i got one client and uh he told me that medical update hit his website i check out and i found that uh he uses uh stock photos on his website <laughs> i replied to him who are they people you know uh, uh, i have no experience with your brand but i can uh, smell this stock pictures on your website so yeah it's very important to uh to add personal photos, why not be transp uh, transparent with your uh, clients? Uh, I'm interested about um, uh, authority. Can you tell how to create authority today? Uh, link building campaigns, PR campaigns, because you, you mentioned in the first part that you provide PR campaigns. And uh, for example, if we have limited resources, how to choose the right strategy? Uh, because we have many different strategies, link buildings uh, and PR as well. Uh, from your experience, how to find it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are tons of um, PR aggregator websites. Um, Cision or PR Web are ones that are very commonly used in the enterprise PR space. Um, but also just creating local connections with your reporters. You would be surprised if you go to smaller newspaper publications or things like patch.com and just reach out to local reporters. They're always looking for new information. You could also reach out to them directly on LinkedIn. Um, and then another thing that you can do is you can do guest posting, right? Um, there are tons of websites out there that allow people to publish articles on their websites uh, for free, essentially, like they just have to pitch an article and write it. So these are all ways that you can go about uh, receiving PR with limited resources. It's just taking the time to reach out to, let's say, more localized or smaller publications and getting the opportunity to promote your brand for free on their platforms in exchange for content. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, add the link on this private chat uh, to this uh, resource? Uh, I'll share to the description, you know, uh, page.com. Uh, and can you tell how to uh, choose the right PR agency? Because, you know, uh, I see when uh, some PR agencies use uh, obsolete techniques, uh, blackhead techniques, they uh, syndicate content uh, by using some tools. Uh, but I think it's better to distribute content when you uh, reach out to bloggers, journalists, and tell them, uh, I have valuable stuff, uh, new study, 
uh, or something similar. Can you tell how do I know that my PR agency uh, uses the right techniques? Yeah, I think uh, you should be holding your PR agency accountable for data of the results that they produce on a monthly basis at a bare minimum. So you should be getting something from your PR company that looks like a report or a uh, visualization dashboard, however they present it to you. And you want to make sure that that adds up with what your PR goals are. A lot of PR companies have goals around impressions, uh, PR releases distributed over a given period of time, also which referred to as HARO, H-A-R-O, um, which is help a reporter out. Um, that is a PR term that hopefully your PR company is familiar with, reporters helping them out to get new stories. Um, and then also other things outside of PR could be things like brand lift um, or sentiment engagement, right? Like are there positive uh, feedbacks from the stories that are being released on your brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, can you tell about blogging? How to create the right strategy for, for a blog? Because, you know, uh, 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 I remember when I wrote a blog post, um, uh, just for fun, uh, I wrote a blog post about how to earn money online. I shared my experience and got a bunch of traffic. But, you know, uh, this traffic didn't bring me any results, any sales. Uh, that was for fun. And uh, I decided to leave it because uh, I spent some time to share my experience. Probably it can help to create brand awareness. I know but we didn't get traffic even more uh some of this traffic just disturbed us about uh please help me to earn money online but we we can't do it <laughs> we usually provide marketing service uh can you tell how to create the right uh content plan for a blog that covers a buying journey mm -hmm. yeah so i think a lot of people write content or blog posts on what interests them which is kind of the backwards way of thinking it should be really focused on what are searching what are people searching for that you should you should write articles about, right? And so you can look at, again, uh, you mentioned Google Search Console is a great tool to see what your organic keywords that might be producing, people finding your business or finding your website. Um, another thing you can do is you can go look at your website pages and see which pages are getting the most traffic. Those are really good indicators that those pages either have high quality content or things that people might be searching for. So can you use something from those pages that are getting the most traffic and turn those into blog posts? And then again, we mentioned kind of Google Ads Keyword Planner and SEMrush and all of these different types of tools you can use. Um, one thing you can do is you can take the keywords that are being searched the most, take that keyword and then put it in search results and see what other blog articles pop up on the first page. Those are all really good examples of blog posts that you could try to recreate uh, based on the fact that they are coming up in the top of search results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about AI tools? Uh, they can help to create content today or not? Uh, they're ready or not? Because, uh, uh, you know, I check out a few AI tools. They usually create some mediocre stuff. Uh, you need to edit a lot uh, after that. What do you think? Do you use them or not? Um, I do think that people can use AI content tools to a certain extent, uh, depending upon the type of content. Um, for me personally, I do not use AI to create blog posts because there are connections and there are correlations and there are emotions that need to be conveyed uh, in a blog post. And a robot, unfortunately, uh, to my knowledge, doesn't have those emotional things uh, that they can put in there, or at least not yet. I do ha have experience doing AI for social media posts. 
Um, I think that's something that AI can do. And uh, there's been numerous articles released from social media companies on uh, doing that and offering that as features. So I do think um, from a shorter form piece of content, AI can help with those things. Um, and then the last thing I would say is in the audio space, I do not agree with AI at all. Uh, I see a lot of podcasters and YouTubers using AI tools to transcribe their videos and podcasts. And I have been able to unfind uh, a, a company yet that has 100% accuracy and is also able to add additional uh, call to actions or brand collaboration opportunities from those transcriptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm using some uh, tools that can help transcribe my videos, but uh, I need to edit as well. I can't get 100% right. accurate, but yeah, it takes some time, uh, but it's better if you do uh, manually yourself. <laughs> uh, okay, I have the question about uh, interlinking. Can you tell how to interlink content today? Because, you know, um, and even more, uh, can you add more about call to action, how to submit call to action? and why uh, websites need to interlink uh, internal content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think like interlink, I'm not sure how you would define that, but that's just like connecting pieces of content for me is my perspective. So uh, a call to action, for example, on a landing page could be like get a case study. Uh, maybe the, the landing page is describing what the case study is about and how a business can solve another business's problems with their solutions. Uh, that case study will have a link that then uh, will be downloaded. Maybe it's a gated piece of content, maybe it's a video, maybe it's a poll, whatever that form of content is on that case study. So that's an example of interlinking content, right? Is uh, providing content upfront uh, in the beginning research phase, but then maybe providing additional content that drives the consumer further down the buyer journey cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we usually interlink uh, for the sake of uh, getting more weight for specific pages. Uh, so it's like the first uh, link building campaign for us, you know, because uh, when you, uh, you can interlink content, you can get more uh, traffic and results for specific pages. Why not? And then you can set up some link building campaigns as well. So, yeah, it's our attitude. OK, uh, you, you know, you mentioned a few times about some awesome tools, SEMrush, uh, Google Keyword Planner, uh, Vidic. Um, uh, can you tell which tools? Uh, marketers need to have today it's like a must have uh, without them it's hard to go ahead yeah i would say the must have moving forward is definitely going to be google analytics 4. Um, that's all going to be changing everybody has to use google analytics 4. so if you're listening to this podcast and you're using google analytics go ahead and save yourself the stress from a year from now and just go ahead and make that change um, outside of that yeah google ads keyword planner is a great one um, I use vidIQ Pro for videos. Um, a number of other marketers will use uh, Google Data Studio for visualizations and connecting different platforms. Also, you should have a CRM tool. There are hundreds of CRM tools out there. So um, our company uses high level. HubSpot is very famous. And if you work in enterprise, there's a good chance you've used Salesforce. Um, so those are some examples for that. And then you know, some other additional tool ideas out there. Uh, Typeform is something that we use for quiz qualifying. We use Zapier for a lot of automations between systems. And we use EverWebinar for webinar funnels. So if you're ever running any webinars, I would highly recommend that tool. Mm -hmm. Nice list. Yeah, love it. Uh, I have the question uh, about three things that all marketers need to do today. Uh, uh, from your experience, what uh, all companies need to do because you can't avoid uh, them if you want to get high results? 
Mm. Yeah. So I think every company has to have a website. If I haven't said that enough yet, uh, if you don't have a website, you're missing out on where everyone's hanging out. Uh, the second thing is you should have social media too. Um, mm -hmm. Not everyone has social media, but it's free. It doesn't cost you any money to create a profile. So um, free is for me, I would say. And then the third thing I would say is you need to have some type of uh, data analytics solution. I mentioned Google Analytics. There are other things out there like Tableau or Datarama. Um, there are tons of data tools out there, but you need a way to measure the effectiveness of your marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. Uh, what three things that marketers need to avoid today? Uh, the three things that they need to avoid, number one, would be automated uh, fan base growth uh, tools. There are mm -hmm. tons of, uh, I hate to use the word scammers, but let's say kind of black market of people mm -hmm. selling followers to you. You don't want to just go buy a bunch of followers for free. Um, that's actually going to hurt your account in the long term. Uh, another thing I would say that you should... Uh, you know, watch out for as marketers is you should walk, you should watch out for anything um, in an SEO perspective uh, that doesn't show how your SEO is increasing. Uh, I've worked with a lot of SEO agencies and they'll give you a report of where your website ranks and things like that, but you really should be measuring where you rank in terms of keywords, in terms of topics, in terms of uh, number of links that are backlinking back to you and why they're backlinking to you and having something that's maybe more qualitative than just quantitative information. So, so I would say watch out for uh, progress of SEO performance over time through SEO agencies. And then the last thing I would say is uh, watch out for high expensive video production. You do not need to pay uh, $10,000 for a video. You don't need to pay $1,000 for a video. You actually have a smartphone, uh, probably as a consumer these days. Uh, the new iPhone 12 and above shoot all 4K content, which means that the video footage we are shooting on our smartphones right now was better than what they were using in the movies 10 years ago. Um, so don't think that you have to pay a lot of money to make video. Um, even this video we're making right now is being produced through computers, and it's not that expensive for us to make a video like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, I think that uh, most content I created on my iPhone, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. I have some expensive camera, uh, even free cameras, but I usually, you know, have uh, iPhone in my pocket. So if I go to any places, I just film, you know, I love it. Uh, you know, you mentioned about your webinar. Can you give a strong reason, for example, for marketers to watch your webinars, uh, how you can help them, uh, what kind of value you share on your webinars, and uh, yeah, uh, how it can help to go ahead uh, to become a better marketer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so webinars are really good for marketers because they are used as informational content that can be evergreen. Um, so you could create a webinar on a topic and it could be, you know, shelf life of two to four years if the webinar is high value and it's addressing very common objections that a customer or business might be facing that don't change year to year. Uh, the other thing that it does is it, it, it really handles any of the sales objections uh, that someone would have about working with your company or your product. Um, webinars are long form content. Generally, they're anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And so you can give a formal presentation, you can create excitement, you can go through all the different objections, right? These are things that are normally done in a sales phone call with the sales rep. And so what you're kind of doing with a webinar is uh, almost eliminating the need for a phone call by taking the things that you would talk about on a phone call and putting those in a presentation format. 
Um, so that's kind of, I think, you know, the, how you can think about a webinar. And then the last thing I would say is that webinars should be generally have the appearance of being live, similar to kind of how we're doing right now in StreamYard for this podcast. Um, people want to see live things. People are engaged with live things and they feel that they're more exclusive. So whenever you can provide a live webinar format, uh, it does kind of encourage people to be more engaged with that webinar as almost like a live event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, okay, I have the question about the future. Uh, can you predict the future, forecast the future? Because, uh, you know, I often see when uh, people ask me, uh, SEO is that, uh, what kind of future will be in SEO, in digital marketing or, or any other places because metaverse uh, is coming, we don't know uh, how things will change with that. Can you tell uh, your predictions about the future and where, uh, what we need to do today to uh, adapt uh, the future challenges? Yeah, so I am not a, uh, a, a godlike creature. I can't predict the future for you. <laughs> I wish I had those superpowers. Um, but what I will say is I would uh, make a hypothesis, uh, an educated guess, not a prediction, uh, that the future is going to involve a lot more AI. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. artificial intelligence. Everything is moving in that direction. It makes a lot of sense from a business perspective because if you look at most businesses, um, unless they are in manufacturing or they're in a product-based business, any service-based business, their main overhead is uh, people. So if you can improve your operations or your processes with your business through AI, it definitely makes sense. I don't think that you should use AI for every part of your business either. So I'm not saying that you should automate everything in your business. I'm saying you should automate the things in your business that make sense, that improve your business. Um, and then I think mobile is here to stay. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that most people online now are using their phone. Uh, more people are using their phone than their computers. And I think a lot of people are still building things. Uh, for example, websites, they're, they're looking at the, how the website looks on their computer, when in reality, more people are looking at the website on their mobile device. So I think mobile, uh, anything that a consumer can access from your company on their mobile device is definitely uh, going to continue to grow and, and really will be the standard moving forward. So I think those are two things I would call out. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, um, I use AI today. I create content with AI, but I usually edit. So uh, it's better to adapt today with AI. Uh, it's growing. Well, possible. I don't know. I think AI can replace uh, mediocre writers today, even today, but uh, they can't uh, replace uh, uh, experienced writers, professionals, because uh, today it's impossible, but we will see in the future. So yeah, I agree. It's better to consider and even today to learn more about AI. Uh, Benjamin, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You shared a lot of insights. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, for sure. So um, again, my name is Benjamin Kepner. I'm the CEO and founder of Global Social Media Marketing. So you can feel free to access our website. It's globalsocialmediamarketing.com. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. Check out some of our videos. They got some really cool free tips on how to improve your business with digital marketing. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to connect with me personally, I do have a LinkedIn profile. You can just type in the LinkedIn, Benjamin Kepner. Feel free to send me an invite or a message, and I'd be happy to respond. 
Okay, guys, you need to do it. You can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, thanks again, you know, for your time. You know, a lot of valuable insights. Welcome back anytime to share more value because, yeah, I, I, I see you love it, you know, to, to help and support others. So, yeah, uh, it's my attitude. Guys, uh, I follow Benjamin. You need to do it as well uh, to subscribe to his channel, to learn more about him, to watch his webinars because, yeah, you can see that you can be a better marketer. Okay, guys. Love you. See you.